Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Um, my guest is Erica Porter. She's the founder of a company called Endorphasm, E-N-D-O-R-P-H-A-S-M. And that's the website too, so endorphasm.com. We're going to talk about, I guess, what she calls a journey of the mind and uh, a shift of perspective uh, to help people talk better to themselves, you know, not negatively, I'm sure, and to, uh, I mean, whatever other insights we'll get from this. So welcome, Erica. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, tell me a bit about your background and then uh, how you came to create this company and what it does. So I've been a health and fitness professional for over 30 years, and I worked as a personal trainer for many, many years. And then one day I took a group fitness class. And in taking the group fitness class, I discovered a lot about myself. And really what it was, was the feeling that I got from movement that I had never really understood before. And so I laid on the floor and I almost had this out-of-body experience, almost this, I could see everything that was happening. I could certainly feel everything that was happening. I looked around the room. There was every age, every demographic you could possibly imagine was there. And as the people laid there, I just thought for the first time as a young adult woman, I didn't think about what my body looked like. I didn't think about what I had to cook. I didn't think about anything I had to do other than that very moment. And I went home really excited. My boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, I told him, I said, I don't know what I just experienced, but whatever that was, I want to feel that every single day for the rest of my life. And not only that, I'd like to transition away from personal training into the realm of group fitness. And that was really being able to connect with how my body felt, the feeling of the experience. And so I kept talking about it over and over and over again. And it was one day we were headed to Big Bear in California where we were living at the time. And I said, an endorphasm, to which he replied, excuse me, I said, an endorphasm, that's what I experienced in that class, in that moment, was an endorphasm. And so later we came to define it as the moment during movement that you feel all things are possible. And so for me, everything changed in that moment. And it became about a feeling. It was no longer about a cause and effect. If I do this, my body looks like that. It became my body is capable of, and I will treat it with respect. And that feeling I wanted to feel every day for the rest of my life. You think that was similar to flow? I know, I'm sure you've probably read about flow states and everything. Do you think it was yes. similar? Yes, I do. I think that there is something very powerful when you have a mind-body connection and when you can lose yourself in movement and you can lose yourself and transition into a state that is very different than just the physical being as it's as what it is. It became a very emotional, a very spiritual type of thing. And it was something that, that the power in it is that I controlled it. 
And so no matter what was happening in the world, no matter what was happening in my life, it was a feeling that I could go back to. It was a feeling that I could connect with. And that would change my life forever. And it's changed thousands of people's lives as well. And that's really why I founded Endorphasm and later why I went on to found the Endorphasm Foundation. I guess, I, mean, I don't know if it's uh, too crude to say, but is it like a, an orgasm of endorphins? Is the, well, the name suggests that, I guess. So asm is the root of anything intense, and endorphins we very much uh, know is a chemical reaction of what happens with the body. It's 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 real. It's released by the body. It's the human body was designed to move, and there is no <laughs> body that's the exception to that. And really, when we stop moving, we die. And so it is the ability to connect with what is being released by the body and connecting with the body in a very very different way. So it's the empowerment of movement. It is not punishment. I think the fitness industry has done movement a disservice. I think connecting it with the dieting industry as well created a really toxic environment for people. And I think that a lot of what I've created is changing what the narrative is around the fitness industry. It's changing the connection that people have with movement. It is not, I eat this, so I go and I work out, so I burn all these calories so that I can, you know, fit into whatever size anything. It's connecting with a feeling, and then that becomes a very powerful thing because you change the narrative and you change what movement actually is. It is something that is transformative, and it's, I always tell people, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's connecting with something that brings you joy, whether that's dancing or walking or yoga or swimming or hiking or biking, whatever it is, we're coming into the Red Room. So the Red Room is Endorphasm, the physical space in Richmond, Virginia. And on the 16th of December, we will celebrate 10 years of our doors being open. So is it just, you know, it's not a like kill you type exercise, but it's, um, I guess, probably slower paced and maybe, you know, it's getting you moving enough that things are, your juices are flowing, but it's not so much that you're like, or dying. I'm guessing there's like a sweet spot, right? Where people feel their best. It's a lot of things. And I will tell you quite honestly, so getting to the business aspect of things, I've been doing this a really long time. And what I've found in workouts and movement and classes and different boutique fitness studios is that they cater to mediocrity. And I mean that with all due respect. They cater to the 85% of the population that simply just want to say that they got a workout in, they want to post it on social media, they want to feel like they're a part of something, but they don't necessarily want to be pushed. I cater to the highest common denominator. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not space for everyone. What that means is the athlete that comes in has an incredible experience, but we modify in a way that an individual that's never done anything before can come in and feel comfortable and they feel accomplished, and they feel inspired and empowered. And so that's the beauty. They're not mutually exclusive. Those two people can coexist in the same place. And I've done that in a very brilliant way, and I'm really proud of the work that I've done. So I've changed the model of what boutique fitness is, and I've changed the model of how people perceive or what they think of fitness and working out. So what, what does a workout look and feel like? So yeah, it, I know it's hard to describe verbally. But. It is because it's a very personal experience. It's much like self-analysis is a really 
You know, it's it's about honesty with yourself. And I think that the Red Room and Endorphasm is about transparency and honesty with yourself. It is, if you are willing to go in and to put on that floor the energy that you need and to take the energy that you need, the experience is very different for everybody. So we've had people that have come in and they've cried through a workout, laughed through a workout, you know, cursed me out through a workout discover things about themselves that they never knew, challenge themselves in ways. And when they do that, what they realize when they walk out of that place, out of endorphasm or whatever they're doing, is that somehow it connects them differently with the rest of their day. So what they thought they might not have been capable of, now suddenly they're capable of because they've connected with themselves in a very different way. And it allows individuals to operate very, very differently on a daily basis. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. So yeah, I'm just having trouble uh, understanding this. So what is the types of avatars of people that come to you? Like, have they tried a lot of workouts before and they're looking for something different? Or, you know, what is it about your marketing and what you do that gets people interested and excited? I think one, we built an incredible community. And I think that there's a level of comfort. People like to belong to something. They like to be a part of something. And so I think that when they can come into an atmosphere that really is free of judgment, that is there to to elevate them, to, for them to be successful. And that that varies for everybody. So for instance, I've been an athlete my entire life and I want to be pushed and I want to physically push myself because it's transformative for me. I like that hour of just being completely focused on what I'm doing, on the movement, on expressing myself in a physical way and exhausting myself. That for me is is peaceful for me. It's almost a, a spiritual thing for me. And it really, it's an energy that you get that you can't get by yourself or I can't get by myself. And obviously many of my members can't get or don't want to get by themselves. And so the beauty is having somebody come in that might be intimidated and realize that they in fact can do it. So I always tell people, can't doesn't exist in my realm, in my environment. There's always something that you can do. That doesn't mean that we don't modify. That means that we find something that you can do and feel good about. And when you do that, it starts to change everything that you do, because how you do anything is how you do everything. And so when you have the ability to connect with yourself on a physical level and to express yourself and to and to sweat and to move, it changes how we do everything else. And so, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do I become highly motivated? And it's really, really simple. Action comes before motivation. And when we take action and we consistently take action, then we start to become highly motivated. And so that's when there's 
progress and there's growth and things change for people is when you have the ability to get comfortably uncomfortable, to recognize that you are capable. And when you think you can't, and I, I show you that you can, that changes the way people think about themselves. It changes the way they operate on a daily basis. It changes the human that they are, that changes their relationships, not just with themselves, but with everyone around them. It changes their marriages, their partnerships, their parenting. It changes the friends, the type of friend that they are. It really is something that is transformative and it's a powerful thing. Yeah, I just don't have a feel for what, what that, again, what that looks like and what that means. Are you able to give any specific example, a particular client you had without a name, you know, what their situation was and like, was it, you know, like during their first workout with you that they were like, oh, wow, this is very different. Why? You know, are there any, any good stories you have? I'll share a really powerful story with you that I had. Our doors are open and often we run outside and we take laps around. There's a parking lot just outside of the gym. And I saw this woman walking outside. And so she was dressed in workout clothes. And I asked her, you know, what are you looking for? And she said, at the time, there was another little gym that was next to me, but more of a personal training studio. And so she said, you know, I'm looking for this guy named Monster. That was the name of the personal trainer. And I said, he moved uh. and he's over off of Warwick Avenue. So I said, you are welcome to come in here. And she said, well, I'm not prepared to exercise. And I said, well, you're dressed like you're prepared to exercise. And I said, why don't you just come in and just try what we have to offer? So she goes, well, and she was morbidly obese. She was probably close to 200 pounds overweight. But she came in and I said, just try a little bit. So she tried a little bit. She did maybe two minutes of the class and then she started to cry. And so I said, oh, I know that you didn't come in here to feel sorry for yourself. So if you want to feel sorry for yourself, you can go back out on the steps and feel sorry for yourself. But what you came in here to do is to do something very powerful for yourself. You took a first step to do something that I know is scary. And so what I want you to do is I want you to come back tomorrow and I want you to do three minutes of the class. And I thought, you know what? I have no idea if she's going to come back. And she did. And she signed up and she became a member. And day after day, she came back. And what was two minutes became five minutes, became 15 minutes, became 30 minutes, became an hour. And she said to me, on Memorial Day, we do a workout where we run a mile. And then we come in and we do the workout and we run a mile at the end of the workout. Her goal was to be able to run those two miles the beginning of the workout and the end of the workout. And this was about a year later. And so everybody had returned from the run. And I said, where is Larissa? She hasn't come back yet. And I said, we're going to go and we're going to get her. The entire group of people, the entire community that is in Dorfasm went and started running with her. And they all ran. And she's a tall, big woman. And you have this sea of people that are just following her in running. And I'm crying and she's crying. So something that she thought was not possible became possible. And it was about taking the action each and every day, not in an overwhelming way. What was two minutes became three, became five, became 15, became 30. And suddenly she set out to do something. She did it. And that changed then how she operated outside of there. The things that she never thought were possible getting her real estate license, doing so many other things, 
she did because she gained this sense of self and this confidence that she wouldn't otherwise have had. And that, to me, is what movement is supposed to do. That is what the endorphasm is all about. It's about changing the mindset and realizing what you thought was not possible is in fact possible. And it's the change of the mindset of two kinds of people. There are the types of people that allow the world to impact them. And then there's the people that choose to impact the world. And so we cultivate a culture that creates people and it empowers them to believe that they are the people that, and they choose to impact the world as opposed to allowing the world to impact them. So is this like one of the big secrets to collaborative nature of the fitness or is it the the mechanics of the workout themselves that it's incremental and step-by-step and it's not like trying to kill you the first day type thing? I mean, you can kill yourself the first day if that's what you wanted to. The point of it is not to kill yourself. The point of it is to change yourself. The point of it is to move in a capacity that makes you feel something. You connect to what it is. I mean, you can certainly go in at 60 minutes. It's 60 minutes of nonstop. And we have people that can do all 60 minutes and they're breathless and they're, you know, dripping, pouring sweat. And then we have people that come in and they do the 60 minutes, but at a very different level. And yes, it is the community. It's cultivating a culture that believes in the people that are coming through that door to be better than the hour before they stepped in there. Okay. So, I mean, what what is it? I could hear definitely the community is a huge supportive aspect of it. But what about the workout itself? What is different about it that makes someone feel better? Or is it just paced in the right way where it doesn't overwhelm somebody and therefore they can enjoy it and get into it physically and just feel good about themselves instead of like trying to compete with everyone else or feel like they're like, oh, yeah, I'm dying or any, you know, something like that. Like, what is it about the workout itself that's that you feel gives people a better result? Well, I think part of it is that it is very, I do all of the programming. So the workouts are 60 minutes of very unique programming. What we do on a daily basis is different what we do. So we have things broken down. So for instance, on Monday, we do Metcon Monday. On Tuesday, we do Toy Tuesday. So they just involve different equipment. They involve different body parts. It is HIT training, which is high-intensity interval training. But the beauty of it is that, as I was mentioning to you before, is that you can have an athlete, which we have many athletes that come in, and can feel as though they're getting the experience of how they used to train, whether they were football players, soccer players, baseball players, track stars, whatever it is. And we have the ability in a very genius fashion to be able to modify it so that people of all capabilities can come in and feel really good about the experience that they're having. And so that's important to me is that no matter where you are in your journey, no matter where you are in trying to better yourself, you have the ability to connect in a way with what you need. And so that means that what what an athlete needs might be different than, I mean, we have a lot of cancer patients than what a cancer patient might need, obviously. But what we want people to do is to connect with what is possible and what they can do. Because I think often what we like to do is focus on what we're not capable of doing. And I think that that's a terrible space to live in. And I think the space to live in is what 
can we do? While the person next to me might be lifting 25-pound dumbbells and doing a full-body motion, how can I adapt that to somebody who is not capable of that, but yet is pushing themselves more than they thought they could before they walked in there the first time? That's the power of what endorphasm is. It is the power of connecting to what is possible. It's the power of recognizing, yes, I can. Yes, I can. And when you connect with the yes, I can in that capacity, when you go through your day, you start to realize, yes, I can. I did it before. I didn't think that I could. I did it. I had the help of the community. I had Erica saying, absolutely, you can, or whatever coach is in there at the time. And that's a powerful thing to really show people that they are capable, that they can do something that they once thought that they couldn't. Like the story of Larissa, who came in and did two minutes, and everybody else is sweating profusely and dying, possibly. And to her, that might have been a very overwhelming experience. But what She connected with what I said, and she connected with watching those people. And I told her stories of each of those people, of what they were capable of doing when they first walked in there and what they're doing now. And so I said, you focus on what you can do, and you focus on what you can do now, and then you're going to focus on when you come in the next time, what you can do then. These moments, that's what we have. We have these moments to say, yes, I can, and to deliver, and to how we do anything is how we do everything. And when you start to have that mindset, it becomes powerful. So think about anything that you've done and you've excelled at. And when you feel amazing about an experience that you have, you ride that high and you realize, holy shit, I'm going to tackle, you know, anything in life. That's really an incredible feeling to be able to change the mindset through movement. Have you dealt with people that are older or people that are, I don't know, significantly disabled? Yes. I think this would be really good for those too. You know, as you get over, let's say you're like, I don't know, 70 and you're just, maybe you haven't worked out ever or in a long time. And you're just, you feel like you're starting from, you know, one inch above zero and you barely can do anything. It's absolutely critical for people like that. And we, you know, we offer a lot of modified classes. So we do what's called a lit class and we have a novice class. And so, and I also founded the Endorphasm Foundation, which empowers individuals to move through cancer. So, which I founded after my own diagnosis in June of 2020. And so it becomes a very important part in people's lives. And so just even, I I have people that will sit on a box and will do the entire class sitting on a box, but they're like, I didn't think I could do that. One, I didn't think that I could challenge myself sitting on a box, but I didn't think I was capable of doing that. And so what, what happens is you start to see people walk differently. You start to see people hold their chins up higher. You see them operate in a very, very different way. And that confidence is a very powerful thing. And it allows us to move through life a little more comfortably. And so, you know, I have a gentleman that is a paraplegic and he's in a wheelchair and he does the class. And he is able to, obviously, we have to modify because he's not doing lower body movements. And so he is able to get around. And so my thing is, it's I never lead from a place of pity. I never lead from a place of what can't you do? It's always 
okay, let's figure out what you can do. Let's figure out how to make you feel good about this experience and to feel good about yourself. And so I've had the pleasure of working with people. I mean, my mother is in her 70s and I train my mother as well. So it is a really important thing, especially as we age. My father walks five miles every morning. So it's not always having to do exactly what we do as far as programming goes in endorphasm. It's about connecting with something that makes you feel good. Yeah, that's really cool. What are some of the challenges that you've had either in you know, getting through to certain people or just the mechanics of the business itself? You know, interestingly enough, I opened my doors without having any real business plan. And part of that was I knew what I didn't want to be. And I knew that the community was really going to help me build exactly what endorphasm was going to become. And so I wasn't so structured in what I was doing initially. I allowed a little bit of freedom and wiggle room to really create what we have today, 10 years later. And I think that we have certainly created something that is replicable. I mean, we could duplicate this in really anywhere with anybody that has the passion to lead. And so I'm really proud of that because it's very difficult. A lot of times you have a facility and, you know, it is it could only be that one particular location because it's either the owner itself is running the entire operation. And so there's there's not really anything that they're offering beyond what the workout is. We are offering something that is bigger than the workout. Obviously, our programming is stellar, top-notch. It's one of a kind. You can't get the programming that we do anywhere else. You can find things that are similar, but you will never find something that's exactly the same. And so I think part of the genius of what I did was not being overly structured in what I wanted to create and be, having that wiggle room and allowing the community to really dictate ultimately what we were going to become. And so the challenges are really for me in that location, I'm not in an ideal location. So it's the fact that we have built a community and I have built a business in a very undesirable location speaks volumes for what we do, really. Uh, so that's been one of the biggest hurdles is the location that we have. But I think that, you know, the saying, if you build it, they will come. I think that if you build something that is authentic, if you build something that is unique, if you build something that cultivates a culture that is grounded in the community and the people that are your members and that, you know, are, are your purchasers of your product, I think that you can overcome a lot of the barriers that maybe some other businesses would not be able to. Hmm. Okay. So what what are your goals for Enderfasm uh, over the next you know year or a couple of years? So is to expand from the location that we have. So we are currently looking for other locations and here in the Richmond area, but then looking to expand beyond the Richmond area, but also to expand the foundation of what we're doing. So the Endorphasm Foundation is a nonprofit that serves the cancer community. And so what we do is we offer movement to individuals that have been diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And so what's important is in a cancer diagnosis is 
doctors are very good at treating the disease. But when you receive a diagnosis, it's about everything that's being done to you. And there's not a conversation about what you, the individual, retain control over. And self-care is critical and it changes people. And it's something that the individual controls. And movement is powerful, not just for the physical aspect of it. It changes people on an emotional level. It changes people from the fatigue, the the cycle of wanting to go home and just curl up on the couch and a cycle of despair and depression and sadness and overwhelmingness. And it becomes now this this opportunity for an individual to retain control over an critical, important piece of their care in self-care. And so our goal is to partner with the YMCAs here in Richmond and to offer our services on a larger scale, and then to expand beyond the Richmond area nationwide to have the Endorphasm Foundation offered by the YMCA all over the United States so that we can start to change the narrative of what it means to be living with and through cancer. And just a couple of words about uh, the people that have cancer that, you know, are doing the workouts. Are they afraid that doing the workouts will make them sicker or now that they have cancer, they should just tip, have a tiptoeing existence, like walking on eggshells, don't strain themselves at all? Like, what is the thought process of the people? No. So we're very deliberate about getting the providers uh, feedback and, and to get their release. So the individuals, myself included, that work with these individuals have a CETI certification, which is a certified cancer exercise specialty certification. So we have the ability to work no matter what the where somebody is in their cancer journey, the treatments that they're on, the surgeries that they might have. And no. So there's going to be a level of some people being more fragile. But what's important is that movement helps in combating that fragility. And so, and it changes how somebody views themselves in the process. And so what happens is, you know, there is, I think that societally we've put this, we've, we've deemed cancer patients as being sick individuals that somehow are not capable of doing all of the things that they were able to do before. And I don't agree with that. I believe that obviously you proceed with caution in some circumstances, but the concept is to get people to normalize their lives. And part of that normalizing their life is to be part of a community and to be able to feel empowered and to take care of themselves. And that is something that doesn't just serve them in their cancer journey, but serves them for the rest of their lives. So I want to change that narrative. I want people to start changing the conversation about being a cancer patient. So like I tell everybody when I, whether it's a speaking engagement, I am a mother, I am a wife, I am a business owner, I am a sister and a daughter, I am a friend, I'm so many things. I am a professional wrestler. I happen to have cancer. That is part of my journey, but it is not my story. And I think that that's really important to start to change how people talk about themselves in the cancer journey. And I think and part of that is empowering them. And I think movement is critical in that piece. Yeah, all right. Makes sense. So um, how far of a, of a radius do you serve? So it's, it's right now it's based in the Richmond area. Do you have online programs or online resources for people as well? Yeah, we do have a lot of online resources. As far as for the Endorphasm Foundation, everything can be found at endorphasmfoundation.org. As far as with Endorphasm, we do a lot where we try to provide, you know, just 
little things on Instagram or Facebook where people can do, they obviously they reach out to me all the time and say, hey, listen, I'm going to be traveling. Is there something that I can do in my hotel room? Is there something I could do at the beach? And so I love to be able to connect with people and to help in that capacity. It's, you know, there's there's a lot of things out there for people to do. And I always tell people, you know, endorphasm not, may not be the right fit for everyone, but we will certainly help people find something that is the right fit for them. And so what I always say is you have to love it. You have to enjoy it. Even in the moments where you might hate it because it's difficult, you have to really enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then it becomes work, which is working out. And it should be movement. Simply put, it should be movement. So connect with something that brings you joy. Find something, whether it's walking or biking or swimming, whether that's alone or with people, that you just, you in that moment in doing it, you're not thinking about all the other things going on in life. You are just connected with that moment. And that is a really powerful feeling. Excellent. So uh, the foundation, you gave the URL, and then for Endorphasm, it's just endorphasm.com? Yes, so endorphasm.com. And so we have a brand and we have the gym. And so it's kind of an all-encompassing type of entity. So Endorphasm really transcends all physical pursuits, all movement. It's the feeling that you get whether you are walking, biking, motocross, playing a game, whatever it is, that's the feeling that people get. And so we have branded Endorphasm, whether that's apparel or just different items that we sell, but it's also the gym that we have in Richmond, Virginia. And it's a concept. It really is about living your life more fully, living your life more empowered, living your life recognizing that you are more capable than you give yourself credit for. It's the ability to connect with that feeling and to be able to walk through life and to really be the individual that chooses to impact the world. And I do believe that when we feel good, and I don't mean that's not about how we look, it is about how we feel. And when we feel good, we operate differently. Our relationships are stronger. Our connections are stronger. Our output is better. Our parenting is better. Just all of those things just change. And I know because I've seen it. I've worked with thousands of people and I see it every single day. And I know it to be true, not only for myself, but all of the people that I've had the pleasure in working with over the last 30 years and 10 years with Endorphasm. Okay. Well, very good. Erica, thank you for coming on the podcast and you know talking about this in depth. I, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate your time and thank you for having me. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.